0: Cinemas, Cinema's soft, soft underbelly. Hello, everyone. My name is Eugene Weaver. Welcome to another edition of Cinemas Soft Underbelly, your one-stop shop for all things related to horror in the world of movies. Uh, If Basically, if this show doesn't make your skin crawl, then guess what? It's on too tight. So, without further ado, I'm going to get started with today's uh, episode after our mega podcast taping this past Friday with our friends over at Cinema Sidekicks and my co-host, uh, Eric on Movie Freaks. We did a big show on uh, on Interstellar, which is going to be over at Cinema Sidekicks, as well as we discussed an American Werewolf in London and a couple other werewolf movies while we were at it, uh, and that's going to be uh, posted here fairly shortly on my uh, on my iTunes page. But uh, we're still working on getting the the uh, the audio all synced up right, so uh, that's going to be coming very soon. So. In the meantime, I'm going to keep right on rolling with my show, and uh, I have a full episode today, and I have a pile of movies I'm going to be talking about, and we're just going to see what we get to, and see how it, uh, just see how it goes. So, uh, I've already hit on Hammer Horror before, uh, mainly with the Dracula episode, and I'm going to do another Hammer episode today. it it has morphed actually from what it was originally going to be. I was going to pick out different zombie movies from uh, different time periods, and one of the ones that I was going to talk about was a Hammer movie, a Hammer uh, zombie movie, and this is long before, uh, long before, really gory graphic zombie movies were a staple in American or anywhere in in horror movies in in general. Uh, And then I thought, you know, instead of going the zombie route, uh, there's a couple other Hammer horror movies that I've really, really been wanting to talk about. So I thought, you know what, I'm just going to make it, I'm going to make this another Hammer episode. Uh, And this one here is just, I don't want to call them lesser seen Hammer movies because... Uh, a lot of hammer movies have have large groups of fans and these i'm sure are no exception although we're not getting into uh the draculas and the frankensteins which to me seems to be their their big claim to fame back then but so these are kind of all over the place as far as the, the they're they're all relative I guess, kind of horror, but uh, they they range in the types of horror movies that they are, and I'll be getting into those later. The last one that I'm going to hit on, if I can, if I can't, then it's going to be saved for another episode. Uh, In fact, the other episode that I could do would be uh, a Mummy episode, because Hammer has three Mummy movies, uh, all ranging in quality, and so I could make a, a complete episode out of that. So if I... If I run out of stuff with the other movies that I've got to talk about, I'm going to hit on The Mummy's Shroud. Uh, and if for some reason I do run out of time, which I'm guessing I will before I hit on The Mummy's Shroud, then I'm going to save that for another episode where I just strictly focus on the Hammer Mummy movies of the 60s. So uh, anyway, so that's going to be the last one that I touch on today if I if I do get a chance to watch it. So um I, I already mentioned that this was going to be a zombie episode, but it's not. However, one of the movies that I am going to be talking about from Hammer Studios is uh, is a zombie movie. And I'm going to be getting to that after uh, the first one that I'm going to talk about. Um, and that is The Devil Rides Out. And this is one of my favorite non-Dracula slash Frankenstein slash mummy Hammer horror movies. Uh it uh it took me two times to really appreciate it and uh and the second time I'm like okay this movie is sweet this is really really good um it's it's fun. it was made in 1968 uh i believe let me just see here yeah terrence fisher directed it and terrence fisher if you are at all a fan of of hammer movies then you'll know fairly quickly that he directed a ton of hammer movies um and most of what he did was was uh, really, really good. Uh, there is a... Gr- I have the UK import Blu-ray here, and there is a documentary on there called Black Magic, The Making of The Devil Rides Out. Uh, as far as the power of light restoring, The Devil Rides Out. And it is amazing the condition that this movie was in until it was remastered. It was in really, really, really bad shape. The special effects had to... Some of them had to be redone to make it work. Um... But before I get into all that technical stuff, I'm going to read the back of the movie here, and this is a a quote unquote Satan type movie. Um, and by Satan type movie, it's it just it deals with witchcraft and and whatnot. And, you know, Hammer Studios was well known for horror movies back in the day, as well as some of their you know actiony type things. Which I'm going to hit on another episode. I'm going to have is uh, is their pirates uh, their pirates genre that they did. They did like four I, think, I believe four movies. Uh, pirate movies, and they're all they all range in quality, but they're really really watchable and they're fun. So eventually, I'd like to hit on on that. Uh, but anyway, this is this is horror. This is uh, pretty powerful stuff, even for 1968. Um, I'm going to read the back of this uh, movie, and of course, it stars the. Uh, always always fantastic Christopher Lee and this is one of the very few roles that Christopher Lee was actually a good guy and it's it's honestly it's kind of weird seeing him as a good guy uh, because Christopher Lee is just such a great villain and uh, and that I mean all through the ages he just every age that he is he fits that age bracket so well with being this a uh, uh, nasty, evil, bad guy. Well, here he's a good guy, but he's kind of a badass good guy. Uh, so it's, he's like, he's very, uh, Christopher Lee is such a tall guy, uh, and so imposing that it's, it's just, he just kind of commands the screen, and he does in this movie. Um, okay, in the countryside of England, uh, Nicholas welcomes his old friend, Rex Van Rijn that has flown to meet him and Simon Aaron who is the son of an old friend of them that has passed away but charged them the task of watching the youngster. Nicholas and Rex unexpectedly visit Simon, um, that, is, that he just received 12 mysterious friends. Uh, soon later, Nicholas, who is proficient in black magic, learns that the guests are members of a satanic cult, and Simon and his friend, Tanith Carlyle will be baptized by the powerful leader, Mokada, to serve the devil. The two friends abduct Simon and Tanith, expecting to save their souls. But Mokada summons the angel of death and the goat of uh, Mendez to help him in a battle between the good and the forces of evil. And uh, I gotta tell you, it's um, it's funny looking on IMDb here. It says it's rated G, which is such a farce. This is this is R-rated stuff here. Just the subject matter alone uh, makes it. R-rated, uh, and this was actually edited, uh, but it's been remastered, restored, um, and it works so well. It's such a bizarre, bizarre movie. Uh, there is just, you know, dream sequences and rituals that are having to be performed in order to rid the good guys of the evil, and the evil cult is after them, and if you've ever watched, uh, 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 Wes Wheatley's uh, kill list. It borrows heavily from The Devil Rides Out. Trust me, there's. It just. It has a similar feel, and there's some just some scenes in it. there are like, oh, that comes uh, kill list. Which kill list is fantastic, by the way. Uh, kill list heavily borrowed from this movie. Uh, just looking at some notes here on IMDb, Christopher Lee has called this his favorite Hammer film, and I can believe that. One is he was playing uh, against against. Casting, which he's usually, like I said, he's usually the bad guy. He was the good guy in this. Um, uh, Done at Christopher Lee's insistence that Hammer do a film based on a Wheatley fantasy novel. So this was actually a novel that that was done before the movie came out. Um, The U.S. title, this is interesting, the U.S. title was changed to The Devil's Bride uh, because the original title made it sound too much like a Western. Uh, That's just odd to me. Um, But, eh, you know... It, I, I guess I get it. Uh, especially back in those days, there was a lot of Westerns being made. So, um, anyway, the ending is, is way, way, way out there. Um, there's a ritual that's going on, and there's there's altering of time and space, and it gets very science-y and almost into some science fiction type stuff. Um, astral bodies, and there's... A skull man on a horse that shows up that's crazy scary and creepy. A gigantic tarantula that, uh, yeah, you know, it's quaint for, for you know, now it's quaint. But then, it was really bizarre. But, you know, pentagrams and all sorts of creepy, um, devil-y type things. Um Uh, Again, I really, really, really enjoyed this movie. One of my favorite Hammer movies because it is so different. Um, Satanism, dealing with supernatural type stuff is always very iffy. Um, And especially back then, it, it, uh, you know, back in the 60s, that's some, getting into some seriously taboo stuff. Um, But to me, this is right up there with The Wicker Man. Um, I liked it better than Witchfinder General with... uh, Vincent Price, but it's still uh it's it's one of the the classics. Uh if if someone would say, you know, what are some of your favorite movies that deal with the occult? I would say that The Devil Rides Out is definitely in there along with The, the Exorcism of Emily Rose, The Exorcist, Sentinel, The Omen, uh things like that. Uh this is this one definitely has a place in it. Now, Granted, um the movie itself is dated. Um, it's it's of its time, but that to me helps the uh, with the feel of the movie. Uh, it does the movie itself takes place. Most Hammer movies went back in the day were actually uh, they were actually set way way lo- way longer than ago than when they were actually made. Especially the Draculas and the Mummies and the the Frankenstein's. Those were set back in Gothic era. Uh, england this movie here was set in the late late 20s i think 1929 if i remember correctly um so it's a little bit more modern for a hammer horror movie uh but uh regardless i think the movie is great um don't be scared off by the fact that it's it's dealing with the occult Uh, it's not like it's going to be like the exorcist the exorcist that you're going to you lose sleep over it. But it is a very good movie. It has some great scary scenes in it and a very bizarre storyline that transcends horror almost into uh, metaphysical sci-fi fantasy type stuff. And I don't want to spoil it. Uh, it. It it really should be watched. The making of is very very good too because there's a lot of technical aspects of this movie that are very interesting to hear especially watching how they uh, how they went and remastered this movie because it was so damaged and it they the tender loving care that was put into this movie to make it look like it does now is very impressive even going so far as to subtly include new cgi to make some of the scenes work that before really didn't so uh, big thumbs up i've got to move on next up is i'm now going to touch on the zombie movie from hammer studios and that is the plague of the zombies and this is from 1966, and uh, it was directed by John Gilling, and John Gilling is another staple with Hammer Studios. Uh, th- I could get into, I could do a whole episode, several episodes on the history of Hammer movies, and all the different directors and actors, and I think I've mentioned this before, is they reused sets all the time. They reused actors, directors, writers, uh, musicians, there was like a little community, a little community of movie makers, I think that 's brilliant uh, because i 've seen so many hammer movies now, if you don 't watch a lot of hammer movies you won 't notice it, but if you do, you will notice that tons of sets are reused, tons of props are reused i 've seen a um, sev- several sets like uh, a goat 's head or like a, a, a antlers or whatever. Uh, on deer antlers on the wall it's it's been in so many it's the exact same pair and it's been in so many different hammer movies and it's just they just reuse props and they go into the same buildings and they just dress them up differently and a lot of times hammer would make double features so uh, there would be two movies that would come out at the same time and they would look they look very very similar because they were shot with uh, sometimes the same actors, and the almost identical same sets just changed up a little bit. Plague of the Zombies was also uh, double billed back in the day with a movie called the Reptile and I might hit on that at a later date because i 've watched that, and I really enjoy it it 's not my favorite hammer movie, but it's it 's watchable it actually gets better uh, the more you watch it but uh, there 's a cemetery in in the reptile that is also in Plague of the zombies and it 's just it 's this very, very, very similar. Um, But it was ingenious. They saved money. They pumped these things out like crazy, and they're good movies. This is not like the low-budget CGI crap that you find on Netflix nowadays. These, uh, while they were made on a fairly shoestring budget and very quickly, they're 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 oozing atmosphere. The acting is very very good. Lots of times people say, "Oh, these you know the Hammer movies are they're kind of cheesy." Some of them might be kind of cheesy, but I don't think so. I think that these are classic movies that. Are extremely well made, and even if you're not a horror fan, especially something like *Plague of the Zombies*. *Plague of the Zombies* is a little bit more accessible than uh, *The Devil Rides Out*. *The Devil Rides Out* is is pretty rough stuff, and I I want to say that uh, *Devil Rides Out* uh, was also made in conjunction with uh, *Rasputin: The Mad Monk*. Don't quote me on that, but I I want to say that those two were made at the same time, uh, and *Rasputin* is a is a somewhat true story about a. Uh, a Mad Monk, and of course that would be Christopher Lee. in it. Uh, more of a drama than anything. Uh, anyway, I'll hit on that at another time. I've got to keep moving here. Uh, but anyway, Plague of the Zombies. Uh, I'm going to read the synopsis here. And this is not your typical zombie movie where the zombies are coming back to life and ripping the flesh off of uh, young ladies. This is not that. Uh, this would be considered PG-13 now, maybe. Um... But anyway, uh, okay, young workers are dying because of a mysterious epidemic in a little village in Cornwall. Dr. Thompson is helpless and asks Professor James Forbes to help. The professor and his daughter, Sylvia, travel to Thompson. Terrible things happen soon beyond imagination or reality. Dead people are seen near an old, unused mine. Late people seem to live suddenly, so deceased people start to come back to life. Professor Forbes presumes that black magic is involved and someone has extraordinary power. He doesn't know how close he is. The dead become alive uh, because of there, there's voodoo involved here and there's a master. And I don't want to give too much away, uh, but uh, it does have some uh, occult undertones to it, not near near to the effect that... Uh, Devil Rides Out does. Um, uh, but it's it's such a bizarre movie because it's a zombie movie without zombies eating people. It's a zombie movie about uh, zombie workers, I guess, zombie slaves. And it works very, very well. Um, this movie here has Michael Ripper. Michael Ripper was in it seemed like he was in almost every every single movie I, almost every movie i 've seen from Hammer Studios starred Michael Ripper he was like he was there he was their side character and he was really really good and after you 've watched a couple of Hammer movies, you will recognize him he 's in so many and he 's a really good actor, but he was Sergeant Jack Swift in this, and he had probably the biggest role of his career with Hammer Studios in this movie, and he was really really good um i, I got to say that I get so used to seeing Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing in Hammer movies, especially the really good Hammer movies, that when they're not in one, it, you feel it. And this was such the case here. I, I liked all the actors in it. The villain was great. Uh, villains were great. Uh, the damsels in distress were great. Uh, but Peter Cushing, Peter Cushing would have fit perfectly in this movie um as the doctor that dr peter thompson i i think that he would have fit really well however that doesn't detract for the movie enough to say that you know it's a lesser than it's not it's really 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 good um the makeup the makeup effects are really good very very uh, uh oozing oozing atmosphere in it lots of fog it's in full color some hammer movies were not in color this was in color um uh, I think, personally, I think that this would be great being remade. In fact, the same goes for Devil Rides Out. I think that both of those are really, really prime for remakes. Um, it would be cool if they could set, if if someone would remake this movie, to set it back when, when, uh, when these movies supposedly took place, you know, back. And the... Uh, Play of the Zombies is another one that feels like it took place in the 1800s. You know, horse-drawn carriage and, you know, people wearing clothes from that time and speaking in that fashion that they did back then. And um, and that adds to the creepiness of the zombies because, you know, they're, they almost look like zombie monks. Like they got long, long robes on and just this green pasty face. Um, it was definitely a precursor, I think, to... The way the zombies looked in some Italian productions, in, the, getting into the seventies, uh, especially Lucio Fulci, some of his stuff, uh, just it, it just it had that feel. They were they definitely uh, Hammer was always pushing the envelope, uh, and even back so far as sixty six, they were they were just pushing the the envelope with what they were allowed to get away with, and I can't imagine that there were a whole lot of movies before this plague of the zombies that had zombies that looked like this. That looked really, I know now, I granted, I know that a couple of years later, out comes Night of the Living Dead. Um, but these zombies, I think, look better than that. Those just look like low-budget, walking, you know, dead, naked people. This here, there's makeup effects applied, and it, uh, it works really good. It's creepy, very creepy, and very, very... Uh, watchable so anyway that is the plague of the zombies highly recommended it. it is good stuff if you're a fan of horror movies if you're a fan of gothic english uh, horror movies with tons of atmosphere watch the movie again another a blu-ray i've got the the uk import and it has a brand new docu- documentary on it called Ra- raising the dead as well as a restoration comparison and uh it, watching it it's It just makes this movie all the better. Uh, just to see what went into making it and how they cleaned up the the video, the quality of it is great. Highly recommend this movie. Even if you can't watch these in remastered versions, um, I strongly advise trying to seek them out. They've been long out of print on DVD here in the States uh, with through Anchor Bay, so they may be harder to get a hold of. But I'm guessing you can find them online streaming. So... Anyway, that's Plague of the Zombies. Last movie that I am going to hit on is Quatermass and the Pit. Now, this one here is uh, for you non-horror fans, and um, there's actually it it follows the the Quatermass experiment, and then there's uh, Quatermass Two, and to go along with those two, there's also X the Unknown. These are all sci-fi movies. From Hammer, but the best of the bunch is Quatermass in the Pit. If I get enough time, I'll touch on Quatermass experiment experiment and the second one. Although they're very watchable, they're black and white. Those are black and white. They're v- very watchable, but um, Quator Quatermass in the Pit uh, is so much better that um, skip those. Watch Quatermass. And if you really dig it, then you go back and watch uh, Experiment uh, and the other ones. So uh, this movie was originally ca- called Five Million Years to Earth, or maybe that might even be the, uh, the uh, American title. Um, Roy Ward Baker directed it, and again, he's another staple with Hammer Studios. Uh, he actually did uh, a movie called Asylum. In 1972, it was an uh, anthology movie. And it was great. One of my favorite anthology movies ever. It's so so good. But he did uh he did Scars of Dracula, The Vampire Lovers. Um, I just he just did a ton of stuff for Hammer, and he has had a huge uh, list of of credentials on IMDb. So I'm gonna read the back of the movie here real quick. Uh, Hobbes and Knightsbridge, London. While working on a new subway tunnel for the London Underground, a group of construction workers uncover a strangely shaped skull amongst the rubble. Nearby is another discovery a large, mysterious, and impenetrable metal object. Initially mistaken for an unexploded bomb, the origins of the object and its strange power are far more horrific and terrifying than anybody could have possibly imagined. Is it of this earth? Could it be the ancestral link to mankind's evolution? Or could it be an ancient link to unleashed ultimate evil? There's only one man capable of unraveling the clues. His name is Professor Bernard Quatermass, a man of science who thrives on the dark mysteries of the world, a man with answers. Um, it is a classic British science fiction movie. Uh, it's got a g- very creepy p- plot. And um, I got to say, it's there's no, there's never been anything quite like this. And it's very, very eerie. It's it's I would say this is probably rated PG nowadays. But it's got this very creepy feel to it the whole way through. And um, I have not heard, but I am just completely speculating here on this. But for some reason, this feels like Ridley Scott took some plot points from this movie and incorporated it into his Prometheus. Now, that could just be me. But... Watch it and see for yourselves. I think that there's little snippets, little little nuggets there that that Scott took from this movie because it just it has that feel. Um, this, it, you know, if you're a fan of science fiction and if you're a fan of outer space stuff and alien stuff, this movie has it. Um, I think that uh, that of all the Hammer movies, this is in the upper ranks. Uh, it it has a very much a bigger budget, a bigger feel to it than a a lot of the Hammer movies. And granted, this was, this only had a couple sets like most Hammer movies do. But for some reason, just because it wasn't the old Gothic town, this was modern, you know, underground, uh, underground England. And there's a spaceship there and it's just so, so cool. And it gets so bizarro towards the end with where it goes with possible alien and, our origins and it's really heavy stuff, and it's really um, it's cool to see something not just cheesy alien, whatever, uh, trying to take over the world or whatever. It's there's a lot going on in the movie, and I I really really appreciate that and um and like uh like where they went with this story and um, quatermass experiment was. Kind of simple. I'm going to quick, while I have the chance, I'm going to read the back of this movie because this is probably the only time I'm going to talk about this movie. Uh, Britain's first rocket has been successfully launched and returns to Earth, but communication has been severed. Only one of the three spacemen remains on board whose physical and mental health have been severely damaged. He is put under strict observation, but his wife smuggles him out of the hospital only to unleash the biggest threat ever to civilization. For the survivor is being consumed by an alien force who gains strength from human flesh to multiply and grow. Threatening to engulf and kill all living organisms, Professor Bernard Quatermass must find a way to overcome the alien threat before it's too late. Um, I think that, that Quatermass Experiment was the best one of, of the older black and white versions. However, it pales in comparison to Quatermass in the Pit. And uh, Quatermass 2... If I remember correctly, I've only watched it. I've only watched those other ones once. Uh, but it really, really drags. And X the Unknown was a poorer version of already mildly entertaining other movies. So uh, anyway, they're they're worth checking out if you're a fan of of Hammer Studios and if you're a fan of older black and white cinema, uh, and and if you're a science fiction fan, especially the first one. That was it is a good movie, but my money is on Quatermass mass in the pit. This is a good movie. Um there is just a lot of une like i like I said earlier there's a lot of unease in this thing. There's a lot of uh where are they going with this? This is not what you're thinking it's going to be. So and of course there's the doubting thomas is in it that you're like come on, you can tell that this is not um you know that that they do it obviously to move the plot along. I get it. I understand. Um, But, um, yeah, good stuff. Very, very good stuff. So, anyway. And and the Blu-ray, of course, has fantastic special features. It's just unfortunate that it's really difficult to import these and uh, can get very pricey because I wish that more people would have access to these movies, access to an all-code-playing Blu-ray player so that you can enjoy these these movies, especially remastered in HD uh, because I have a feeling that watching them on a poorly transferred DVD, or even worse, VHS, is just going to diminish the impact that these movies have when you can watch it remastered and they look fantastic. And uh, uh, But anyway, I'm rabbit trailing. So anyway, that's going to be it for the Hammer movies today. Uh, I definitely need to have more time to touch on The Mummy's Shroud, and that will be included with... I'm going to do a, a big episode on the Hammer Mummy movies. Might even throw in, uh, if I have enough time, I might even throw in some other Mummy movies just to uh, to pad the runtime. So anyway, that's going to be it for me today. I appreciate you listening, of course. And you can get a hold of me at eugene-weaver at hotmail.com. I would love to hear any comments, feedback, movies I should be watching, movies I should avoid like the plague. Um, also, make sure that you check out my... Uh, show with my uh, co-host Eric Marner. It's not my show, it's our show. But my co-host Eric Marner on Movie Freaks. We're over on U- uh, on YouTube for now, but very, very soon we are going to be on iTunes. And then Cinema Sidekicks, where they're talking all things uh, newer release type stuff. So if you want to hear all about Dumb and Dumber Part 2, or Dumb and Dumber T.O., um, they're, they're your guys. Now, obviously they're not just touching on something silly like Dumb and Dumber. They talk about a lot of really, really good new release stuff, um, lots of reviews on movies that are currently in theaters, and so it's always a good listen, and they're a gr- great group of guys to hang out with and watch movies with and discuss movies. So anyway, I hope you've enjoyed the, the Hammer episode. There's definitely more Hammer episodes coming, so uh, just stick with me. Hopefully w- at least one of these will jump out at you and you'll Take the time to seek it out, watch it, and you'll enjoy it as much as I did. And it might open up a whole new world of Hammer movies because Hammer movie, Hammer Studios has got tons and tons of movies, many of which are not available on Blu-ray, and even some of which I don't believe are even on DVD. Um, so I I continually try to watch uh, as many of these as I can because they're they're. Classics, classic cinema. And I'm just more and more getting into that type of uh, movie back in the 60s and even pushing the 50s a little bit. And I didn't used to be like that. So, uh, anyway, I hope that you seek these movies out. So, I'm Eugene Weaver. Until next time.